Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler, and I am so thrilled that you are here today. But before we get started, I would love if you could do me a favor. Wherever it is that you are listening to this episode, I would love if you would take a screenshot. And with that screenshot, I want you to do a couple of things. Number one, tag us here at A God Shift when you post it on your social media, and then And two, I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. I do that because my mission for all of my platforms is to make sure that people recognize that whatever it is that they're going through, that there's hope on the other side of that and that there's God in the middle of that. And the more times that we actually share these episodes, the more we can each do our part in spreading that message. And so I appreciate you for doing that. I'm going to read my guest's bio, and then we're going to get started with the conversation. So my guest today is an author, entrepreneur, and respected church elder. He is the author of five fiction and nonfiction books and owner of His Glory Publishing. He has over 35 years of experience as a successful real estate broker, investment advisor, and appraiser. He was led back to the Christian church while watching the battle of good and evil play out in his own life. I want to welcome to the show, Nathaniel Arnold. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you here. So I want to just set the stage for the conversation before we really get into it. So my platform is called A God Shift. And my definition of a God Shift is the moment a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose but then that moves you into greater possibility. Because Mm -hmm. I believe that when there is something that we're pursuing, whether it's something that we're putting energy into physically, in our relationships, in our mindset, anything that is not on the path that God has planned for us, he's gonna do whatever it takes in order to get our attention. So that disruption, those unexpected circumstances, sometimes they're positive, but The negative ones are usually the ones that get our attention a little bit more. But once he has our attention, that's when he can really invite us into Mm -hmm. the life that he has planned for us. So I would love, Nathaniel, if you could share a time with the audience that you've actually had to overcome some type of disruption in order to get to where it is that you're at today. Oh, certainly, certainly, certainly. And this is uh, may may sound a bit unusual for some of your listeners, but my first God shift that I can recall. Uh, and really set the stage in many ways for the direction of my life occurred when I was only six years old. Okay. I was, uh, I grew up in, in, in a segregated South, Mobile, Alabama. And I remember uh, one uh, a summer day uh, watching the television. And as I watched the television, a, uh, um, a commercial came on. It was a hair commercial. And there was a uh, white woman, beautiful, you know, blonde, blue-eyed, and 
she was, uh, they were talking about uh, her hair and, and how, you know, lovely it was and the, the, whatever it was that was, was caused that. And at that point, and back in those days, this was 1963, back in those days, they would interrupt the television with a, with a uh, news broadcast. Yes. And that particular day, uh, it interrupted it. And uh, at the podium of Alabama State University was Governor George Wallace, who just been elected as governor of Alabama. And in front of him were two students, two black students, students who looked like me, who he did not want to matriculate to Alabama State University. One was a James Hood and the other Vivian Malone. And at that point, as a six-year-old, the juxtaposition of seeing white beauty and rage at being black or black people was a disruptive moment for me. Mm. It caused a dissonance that as a six-year-old, I couldn't really understand. And so I asked myself, I asked God, what's wrong with Negroes? What's wrong with me? Yeah. And God answered that for me. It, it, was, it took 65 years of searching and wandering many times in the wilderness, but that was my direction in life, and that's why I wrote the book. My story is glory. Yeah. Because many people have this same experience, many African-Americans, but because they don't understand it, as I didn't as a six-year-old, we blame ourselves sometimes for how people look at us, when it's not, it's not something we should be blaming ourselves for. And so God has been faithful and has answered for me that question, why did you make me a Negro? And what, what did you learn during this? Because here's the reality is that, you know, your particular scenario was what is wrong with me because of the color of my skin? Right. There are people who find themselves asking that question every day. Like, what's wrong with me because I'm to this because I'm not enough that we all could fill in the blank like you and I happen to both be black, but we all could fill in the blank with our own. Why am I not enough of this or why am I too much of that? So what would you say the Lord gets your attention in this way, six years old, and you kind of go on this quest to figure out like what in the world and what would you say you learned? Oh, I've learned a lot. Uh, <laughs> 65 years of, of being schooled. But the main thing I've learned is that we are in a, a, a battle. We are in a conflict. And a lot of times we take our eyes off of the conflict. But Ephesians 6 tells us that we fight not against our flesh and blood, yeah. but against principalities and powers. And, and most of us, because we cannot see the enemy in front of us, we take that for granted. We don't believe it a lot of times. And so we search for solutions on our own, which is what I did for many, many years of my life. And the conflict can only be resolved one way. And, and, and that way is through uh, Jesus Christ and understanding, understanding what he's done for me, what he's done for you, and how the battle truly belongs to him. Yeah, And so that has been uh, a, a, a struggle for me to understand. I, and I've, I've gone through, through many uh, different iterations of trying to, to figure things out. But it was when 
I understood that, that life in its totality began to make sense for me. Yeah. You know, I, I love what you're saying because someone asked me, um, I was being interviewed on someone's show about a month ago, and I was telling them about my disruption. You know, my my first God shift moment was when I could articulate like what it was that God was doing in my life was the year that he was calling me to ministry. And the way that he had to get my attention was he had to allow everything around me to dry up. I had a very lucrative consulting and speaking career, and he allowed all of that to dry up because I would have never considered myself a likely person to be chosen as a minister. And so had he have allowed everything in my life to go along, quote unquote, business as usual, I would have never paid attention to the fact that he was calling me to ministry. And so I was being um, interviewed on someone's show about a month ago, and the host asked me about, um, oh, so when you turn to God at this moment, I said, well, let's be honest, that wasn't my first response. (laughs) You know, my first response wasn't to say, oh, here I am, Lord. I mean, my first response is what the hell is going on? Because I had done... You know, when you're a a type A driven personality like myself, you become accustomed to setting a goal, finding finding out what it's going to take to reach the goal. You do it without procrastination and you get the result that you're seeking. And so when everything that had always worked was no longer working, my first inclination was not to ask God what was going on. My first inclination was, well, my first inclination was not to say, oh, Lord, what do you want me to do different? Or what do you need me to see? Or what do you want me to learn from this? My first inclination was, what the hell's going on? Like, I'm doing all the things that have always worked, but you just said it. My first response should have not been to continue to look at Shana and to look at what Shana could do to fix the situation. My first response should have been, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen? What is it that you're wanting me to see? And for many of us, where is it that you need us next? And so some people would think that that's just natural. You're a Christian person, you're serving in the church, and your natural inclination is just to immediately raise your hand and say, okay, Lord, what are we doing? But you said it yourself. We have an inclination to look at ourselves first instead of what is it that God is doing in our lives through what it is that he's using to get our attention. Right. That's so true. So very true. Yes, yes, yes. And I have uh, uh, had that very same experience. I'm a business person. have been self-employed for about 35 years. I'm a real estate broker. And um, in the in the year 2008, 2007, 2008 was a, uh, a, uh, a presidential inaugur- uh, uh, a campaign year. It was also the year we had the Great Recession. And so I went from literally making over a million dollars a year to, to getting making a fraction of that. And so the Lord got my attention. That was another God shift moment and uh, directed me from the things that I thought gave me purpose and meaning and, and fulfillment and made me a lot of money into uh, understanding that the, the, the temporary uh, uh, benefits that I was gaining were also jeopardizing my eternal uh, uh, well-being. Uh, the Bible talks about, you know, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world 
and yet lose his own soul. And yes. and so I had all of the the, the the big house, the cars, the the successful business, and all of those things, but I lacked the most important thing, was which was a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, I would trade none of those things, and uh, for the world, I now have a, a perspective that I want to share with the world, and that again is is part of uh, how God brought me from uh, my circumstances and created better circumstances. Jesus said he came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. And that is what the Christian experience is. It's not necessarily about our fame, our fortune. It's about a relationship. Yeah. And that's truly the blessing. What else I, I know and I hear you saying as well is that sometimes God asks us to let go of a good thing. Mm-hmm. Most people think that when it comes to letting go, that it's toxic relationships, that it's you know, places that we're not being appreciated, areas of our lives that we're tolerating, you know, negativity. But life happens to us in seasons and phases. And just because something was a good thing does not mean that that season is not expired. I say almost at least one time a month in one of these interviews, I say many of us need to give ourselves permission to let go of a season that has expired. Yeah. And God is always going to put the new thing just far enough in front of us that we have to let go mm-hmm. of what is behind us. But it's but the question is, is what will you do when God asks you to let go of a good thing? Right. And for right. you, it was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> You you want me to let go of my, my sweetness, you know. You want me to let go of my my sweet place and my right. my good fortune and everything else. And it's not as easy right. to let go. Sometimes it's not even easy to let go of the hard things, depending on what your attachment right. is. Right. But what will you do, audience, if God is asking you to let go of a good thing? Is there a season in your life that you need to give yourself permission that that season has expired? Sometimes it's a job. You know, there's things in our lives that um, it's just God needs something different from us. He either needs mm-hmm. us to become something different or he needs us somewhere else different. And that's the way it was in my life. I call them stags, skills, talents, abilities, and gifts. And God had given me many of them. Mm-hmm. And like yourself, I used them well in the marketplace. And one of the things that I heard God clearly say when he called me to ministry is all of those gifts and abilities that I put in you. I don't want you to change a whole lot about yourself, but I now need you to use those to help me build the kingdom Mm -hmm. because where it is that we're going now, I had no idea what some of the stuff was going to be coming down. This was in 2018. I had no idea what was going to be coming in the next few years, but he said, the people that are going to be assigned to your voice are not going to listen to the current voices. And if you go and change a lot of things about yourself to be just like what I already have access to, there's going to be a lot of people that are that are going to miss me. And so I need you to take everything that I put in you and use it over here. I've never paid attention to that. If Mm -hmm. like yourself, if I still had the big house and the big car and all of the money and speaking all over the world, I would have been like, you're asking me to do what? Yeah, he's not talking to me. He must be talking to somebody else. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what are some of the things that can get in the way of our God shift moment and share some tips of how people can begin to put these things together in their life. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the free guide when God says shift. 
Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. All right. So we're talking about when God allows disruption in our lives and what happens if even he's asking us to let go of a good thing. And so, Elder Arnold, I would love to ask you in your opinion of being in the church and being in the business world. And, you know, you've got about 20 years on me. So you've been on this earth a little <laughs> bit longer than I have. I'm 45 at the time of this recording. And so I believe like I said in the beginning, that God is very intentional about the disruption that he uses because he knows what it's going to take to get each individual's person's attention. But that disruption is not designed to destroy us. It's actually Mm -hmm. designed to be a tool to move our lives forward. But so often when things happen in our lives, it actually causes us to be stuck instead of it being a tool. What have you recognized are some of the most common barriers that keeps people from using that disruption as a tool to move their life forward instead, and they end up just becoming stuck. What are some of those barriers? I think probably one of the greatest barriers is uh, fear. Um, When we are afraid of of what tomorrow holds uh, and, and what's in it for us kind of thing. And that can only be resolved through uh, prayer and uh, faith, Mm -hmm. faith, faith, to me, is the is the antidote to fear. When I reflect on my life and the the the, the obstacles that I've had to overcome, and and all of it has been um, resolved through prayer, and because God wants the best for us, even though we don't realize it a lot of times, He wants He wants He looks out for us in more ways than we can even imagine. That's what grace is about. And so for me, overcoming the the fears I've I've had to deal with in my life, and and fear manifests itself in in many different ways. Procrastination is is one way it does. Uh, uh, Doubt is another way in which it manifests itself. Uh, Anger, I mean, you name it. Uh, The enemy uses uh, uh, trauma in our life a lot of times to, to keep us stuck as well. Yeah, we don't, you know, whether it's the same if a cat touches a hot stove, not only want to touch that hot stove anymore, won't touch any stove. And so we have to learn that uh, how the enemy uses these things as stumbling blocks. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lord wants us, what does Psalm 23 say, through the valley, shadow of death? We have to, to, to learn to trust in him, thereby overcoming our fears. Yeah. You mentioned fear over faith. And what's interesting is that fear and faith have the same definition. It's believing in something that hasn't yet happened. Mm-hmm. And so since they're so closely related, it's easy to feed your fears right. when you're looking to feed your faith. I did a sermon um, about a year or so ago now, and I was talking about like, so how do you know the difference? How do you know which one you're feeding? And you talked about some of them. Procrastination. Many of us are using, we think when we're praying 
that that's a sign of our faith. But sometimes when we're praying, it's really a sign of our fears because we're praying to procrastinate on what it is that God has already told us. And by no stretch of the imagination, am I recognizing, am I recommending that we don't pray because the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, but you need to ask yourself, are the prayers that you're continuing to pray? Is it because what you said, are you doubting what it is that you heard God say, or you're really fearful to move forward in what it is that God said because he didn't show you all of the how. And so sometimes our prayers are even a form of fear. You talked about doubt. Doubt and destiny are the polar opposites. Mm-hmm. And many of us, we don't necessarily um doubt that God is able, but so many of us question, but will he do it for us? And so there's so many times that we think, oh, I'm going to wait on confirmation. No, you're making an idol out of confirmation. Oh, I need more clarity. No, you need to do what God told you last. Do you think Esther had clarity when she went before the king that could literally chop her head off? Absolutely not. And so I'm not saying that, you know, you don't want to make sure that you're taking the the right steps, even though sometimes I say you don't have to fully know. As long as you're doing something that's not contrary mm-hmm. to his word, take uh-huh. a step and see how he responds. But ask yourself, are you using prayer as procrastination? Are you using clarity and confirmation a- as an idol to just not do what it is that God said that we could do? And sometimes it's because, well, I don't I don't really know how to do that. Well, the how is none of your business. And exactly, so oftentimes exactly. people, well, we think that we just got our, our rock solid. But when you really look at what you and I are talking about, our our um, faith is actually disguised in these things that are that are really, really fears. And mm-hmm. when I when I really had that revelation, it was so eye opening to me, like all these things that I'm doing that I feel are these spiritual practices that are a demonstration of my faith, mm-hmm. really so a demonstration true. of my fears. Amen. So true. So true. So true. Yes. That's been my experience, and and you know, reflecting as I reflect, just uh, where the Lord has brought me from this time, I, I have been able to discern that through every trial, I can gain knowledge. Yeah, I can gain wisdom. I th- I was writing, um, thinking about Solomon. I'm writing a, a, a part two to my book, My Story Is Glory. I was thinking about Solomon. And Solomon was a, a person who had extreme privilege and also extreme excess. And at the end of his life, Shana, he said something that is I just is a complex sentence, but it's beautiful. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Mm. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. And so for me, as I'm go- looking around the world and seeing all of this confusion, all of this conflict, all of this uh, 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 things that are going on in the world, and men are looking to political solutions, they're looking to solutions from government, but they do not have solutions for the problems we have. Correct. Okay? And that sentence, that text lets us know that God is our source and that our duty is first and foremost to him. And once we can understand that, it simplifies life. It simplifies our our struggle. It makes our focus clear and certain. And all the confusion 
that we are experiencing fades into nothing. That's the key. So before we begin to wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can follow you on social media? Uh, certainly, certainly. First off, you can go to my uh, website. Uh, it's called it's www.hisglorypublishing. I'm also on Facebook at that at uh, His Glory Publishing as well. And you can uh, also just contact me by uh, contact at hisglorypublishing.com. That's contact at hisglorypublishing.com. And if they would like to get a copy of the book, would they also get that at your website? They can, or they can also go to amazon.com. Okay, perfect. Uh, other like Barnes and Nobles, it's um, it's on each one of those sites, and we are finishing up the audio book, so we should have that out God willing, probably in mid July. Awesome. Mid-July of 2023, because who knows when people are going to be listening to this. (laughs) But I will make sure that the links to all of that is in the show notes. So all they have to do is click it and they can find you and they can find the book and all the things. So thank you so much for being here today. Certainly. Certainly. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom. Everyone share this episode because I bet that was an aha moment for you too. Was it fear or was it faith? And that means that the same is happening for your friends and family as well. So please share, share, share this episode. And I pray that this episode has blessed you and that you will go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.